What works? You're listening to the What Works podcast, brought to you by State Alumni, sponsored by More Investment Management and TD Malosh Monix Insurance. If they don't know that you're looking for a job, why would they reach out to you? So it's a lovely opportunity to signal to those people, hey, I'm looking for a job. Please consider me when you're doing your recruiting stuff online. LinkedIn is the world's largest professional online network, and when used effectively, can be a great tool in supporting your career journey. As the platform continues to grow and evolve, so do its features and functions. And while these have been introduced for great reasons, we don't want to lose sight of the basics, which is having a strong profile. From the alumni team here at SAIT, I'm your host and fellow SAIT grad, Alyssa Athanasopoulos. Welcome to the What Works podcast. On this episode, we're focusing on the anatomy of a LinkedIn profile, and we'll be discussing ways you can either build or strengthen yours. Career advisor Sean Leeson is with us from State's Career Advancement Services team. One of the amazing services they provide for alumni is LinkedIn profile reviews. So what they'll do is they'll take a look at your profile and offer feedback and suggestions to help you get noticed. And if you want to see what we're talking about as we go through this episode, I encourage you to log into your LinkedIn profile and follow along. Can you break down the framework of a LinkedIn profile? Because I know there's several sections that you can add, but what are the most important ones to focus on building out? Yeah, of course. So for anybody who's starting off a LinkedIn profile, there are a few basic ones that you should include. Your profile photo is one of them. It's actually quite important. Second to that, your background photo. A lot of people leave that empty. I think it's important to include that. Headline, you need to attract recruiters. That's a really good one. The about section, your experience, education, skills, and interests are the other ones. Okay, so those are the key ones you've identified. Those are the key ones. So let's start at the top. Okay. Uh, You mentioned the profile photo. What are some tips that you can give us about what makes a great profile photo? So usually what we recommend for profile photos, obviously this is a professional platform. So make sure you look like a professional. Don't be in a tank top or anything like that or wearing a disheveled t-shirt with crazy hair unless that's the kind of vibe you're going for of course because we all have our own businesses and whatnot but you know just above the shoulders make sure it's a headshot wear a nice shirt or anything do your hair maybe shave that day if you want to something else to keep in mind you don't need to go to a professional to get one go get a friend if they love doing instagram posts or if they love doing selfies i'm sure they can help you take a nice photo just for your linkedin profile Career advancement services, this was something that was quite popular before the pandemic, and we're actually bringing it back, is that we can do a LinkedIn photo shoot. So we actually bring a professional photographer in to take photos of alumni as well as students completely for free. We just had it for this particular semester, but we're looking at bringing it back uh, maybe next semester and definitely in the fall. And then you talked about the background photo. Why is that photo important and like, what would you suggest for that? If you don't have one, your profile kind of looks empty. And it's actually a wonderful marketing opportunity for yourself as an industry professional. It allows a person who falls onto your profile to really understand, well, what are you going for? What kind of a professional are you? What industry do you work in? So I typically recommend for this, make sure you go to a free stock photo website because you have to be careful of what you take off Google Images because there are copyrights, right? So we have to be conscious of that. But think of what kind of professional you want somebody to think you are. So, for example, if you're in construction project management, maybe putting a building site as a background will actually tell somebody, hey, you're in construction project management or you are in construction. Uh, On top of that, maybe accounting, putting numbers as your background. At least they would know that you're into numbers or calculations and all that sort of stuff. 
So it's a wonderful marketing opportunity and it rounds out your profile. Sounds like it's also an opportunity to show a bit of your personality, your professional personality, I suppose. Yes, exactly. So there are multiple avenues to show your personality. We're going to get into one of those sections later on, but this is one of them. You can put, if you want, a slightly more personalized photo there. Whatever you think best describes who you are as a person and as an industry professional. Next up, the headline. Yeah. So currently there's room for up to 240 characters, last time I checked, which is anywhere from about 34 to 60 words to make an impression. Mm -hmm. What makes a great headline? Something about headlines is you you can take it multiple different avenues. Easiest thing to do is to put your job title down. Uh, You're all alumni, you all likely have jobs and all that stuff or looking for current jobs and stuff. Just put your title. So in my case, career advisor. Simple, to the point. People who follow on my profile know what my job is. Something else you can do is you can add those words. So I'm sure you've seen on other people's profiles that lovely mark or dash that breaks up certain different sections in it. That's a wonderful opportunity for you to put in keywords that a recruiter may want to see. I always recommend if you have multiple job positions or roles or duties to put them in there. So for example, I'm a career advisor, but I'm also the employer engagement liaison for career advancement services. So I have both of those in my headline so that somebody knows when they follow on my profile that I do both of those roles. On top of that, skills. What are your most important or most amazing skills you have? Are you amazing at organizing things? Put that into your headline. Are you really good at project management? Put that in your headline. Thing is, is that these keywords are going to be seen by a recruiter. And if they see the words they want to see quickly and up front, they're more likely to click your profile hit message and want to chat to you. So you give some examples of like mm-hmm. words you could use. Do you have any others of some of your favorites that maybe you've come across? One that I really like, and it was actually through one of my mentees, he's in software development. I bring him up. I'm sure if he heard this, he'd be so embarrassed. But very simply put, IT software developer, right? That's who he is as an individual. But he also is very strong at certain technical skills or hard skills. So he put expert in Java, SQL, PLSQL. On top of that, he has a strong background in client relations through his family business, so he put client relations expert down as well. He wanted to add a little bit of a personality moment in there too, so he puts loves yoga and meditation. Fully rounds out that headline, puts those keywords in, but also leaves a little personality in there. And I've also heard it's a good idea to customize your profile's URL. How do you do that? It's actually not that difficult, surprisingly enough. If you were to Google it, you'd find a really good resource on LinkedIn. But I do know how to do it. So when you first log into your LinkedIn profile, you reach your news feed. We all know how to click our lovely photo, which will bring you to your own profile. And in the top right, you're going to look for edit public profile and URL. Once you click that, also in the top right, you're going to click edit your custom URL. From there, you'll be able to edit it. So I highly recommend removing those trailing numbers and letters because, well, they don't mean anything. It's auto-generated. And make sure that you put something professional. So don't put your birth year. Don't put your date of birth. Don't put anything that would you know, result in some form of discrimination, right? Ageism and all that sort of stuff. You can do first name, period, last name, first name, dash, last name, last name, dash, first name. Uh, Keep in mind, if you have a very popular name, you may need to go through multiple iterations. But once you get there, you'll at least have something that you can proudly put on your resume and uh, disperse to other people. 
for example, let's think John Smith. I'm sure that's probably one of the most popular names. It would be like Smith, John, mm-hmm. Calgary, or, some, you know, you just got to get a little bit more creative. Yeah, right? I, I wouldn't put your location, but you could do John dot whatever your middle name is dot Smith, right? Or somehow combine if you have a middle name in there to, you know, John Smith is a very popular name to distinguish yourself from others, okay. right? Um, if you put Calgary in there, it may limit you in a bit because they'd be like, oh, they're in Calgary. But we're based in Vancouver. Like, you don't want to limit your job opportunities just based on your location. Great point. Before we leave this very important section, I see there's a button that says open to. Can you talk about what open to work is? Of course. So that function is actually good. And there's a couple things that happen with it. So you have the option to make it visible to your entire network. So you have the lovely green band that's around your photo. And stuff that signals to your entire network that, hey, I'm looking for a job. Maybe I'm transitioning or I don't have a job right now. Please be on the lookout for me. On top of that, you can actually decide not to have that showing, but you still have open to work running. And what it means is that the recruiters who are using LinkedIn for recruiting know that you're looking for a job. And that's something important. If they don't know that you're looking for a job, why would they reach out to you? So it's a lovely opportunity to signal to those people, hey, I'm looking for a job. Please consider me when you're doing your recruiting stuff online. On top of that, it allows you to put down what kind of jobs you're interested in. So you can put a select few jobs in there. What it will do is that it will send you emails with the jobs that fit those job titles to your email. So I know there is that open to work. It can be very visible or you can be private, like you mentioned. How does a recruiter know? Do they have some special profile that gives them those superpowers to see this invisible open to work? So something to keep in mind is that on LinkedIn, there is a recruiter sort of subscription that they can pay for. It isn't cheap from what I've heard. Don't quote me on that. But they have the abilities to use keywords and do advanced searches and all that sort of stuff that allows them to identify, well, are they looking to work? Do they have these particular skill sets? Do they meet some of these requirements, like educational requirements? And they can actually select those things, generate a search, and a whole bunch of profiles come up. And so having that open, too, simply there allows you to fall into some of those searches that they have created. I love that, especially for folks who are, like you said, transitioning potentially, and they don't want people to know that they're in the market for Mm -hmm. a new opportunity. Mm -hmm. I love that there's a bit of anonymity with that. Exactly. Moving on to the about section, what do we want to accomplish here? What you're trying to achieve is just give a story who you are, what are your skills, what are you excited to do in your future opportunities that you're looking at. So I like using the present past future methodology. It's quite simple, but it allows you to tell a little bit of a story. So presently, who are you? For example, I'll tell you mine. Currently a career advisor at Southern Alberta Institute of Technology. That's my present. That's who I am right now. What's my past? What is it about my past that brought me to do what I'm doing now? And so as nobody would know on this podcast, I used to be in advertising and I used to be in operations management. And so uh, my past is that through being a manager, I found my true passion, which was actually mentoring, coaching and uplifting people and upskilling people, which actually fits very much into the career goals of a career advisor. So through that previous experience, I decided to you know, pursue a different avenue in my career. That's what brought me to what I'm now. That's mm-hmm. my past. What's my future? I'm excited to be able to help every alumni and every single student who has been or will be at, say, to reach their career goals. That is what I would put 
into my own about section. And if you go to my profile, feel free to do it. You can see what I wrote there. And speaking of that, I, I want to say I do love your about section, Sean. It's clear, concise, and you've broken it up nicely with the usage of emojis to mm-hmm. kind of break it up. Yeah. So that's cool to know. I didn't know that you were using a that specific methodology. And what you're telling me is that you're kind of picking the skills and the attributes from previous roles that you know you're good at or you really enjoy and you've just applied them to what you're doing now and into the future. Exactly. It's it, like I said, it's like a cover letter. What are some of the skills that you have developed that translates into your next position or your next industry? And in applying those into that about section so that an employer understands how your previous work experience will translate into a job with them. It's mm-hmm. a perfect method to do it. You do it in your cover letter. Do it in about your in your about section as well. All right. Moving on to the resume part of the profile, the experience section. I have a few questions surrounding this. And the first one is, how far back should you go? And should you show every single role you've had within that time frame, even if it may not align with where you want your career to go? So typical rule, that's sort of an industry standard, is anything over 10 years old, don't include. There's a few reasons behind it, but how I rationalize it is that you've likely been developing and using those skills in more recent jobs. And so therefore you can speak better about how you've used them in your most recent experiences. Now there's always an exception to the rule. If you're going back into an industry that you haven't been in for a very long time, say longer than 10 years ago, then you may want to include it again so that you signal to an employer, yes, I do have previous work experience in this industry or in this company, even though it may be more than 10 years old. I guess the second part of that question is within those 10 years or that time frame, should you have every single role that you've had in there? So that really depends. So I always like to bring up self-disclosure. So you don't have to disclose everything in your resume, similarly in your LinkedIn profile. So if there was a role that you had for maybe a month, not overly proud about it, you didn't really gain many skills in it, you don't need to include it. Similarly with some of your other roles, if you don't think it really aligns to the industry you're going into or emphasize any skills that you think you should to convince an employer that you're a good fit for that role, maybe don't include it. Something to keep in mind, though, is by including some of those other positions in, you can address gaps, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. say if you're in a position for two years, you decide not to include it, you'd have to be prepared to answer that question in an interview, being like, oh, what did you do throughout these two-year period of time, mm-hmm. right? And you'll have to have a reasonable answer for that sort of sort of question in an interview. But self-disclosure is completely up to you. You can put as much information in there as you want and as little as you want as well, whatever you're comfortable with. I love seeing non-related experience in a LinkedIn profile, even in a resume, because you've developed what we call transferable skills through those experiences, communication skills, client management skills, customer service skills. Those are important regardless of the industry you go into. Mm -hmm. So why not include it? Because every job needs those sort of skills in them. So you can include that in your LinkedIn profile as well. The part that I feel gets left empty with a lot of folks, including myself, is the description field for positions held. What would you recommend putting here? Funny enough, this is actually one of the easiest sections. You can actually just copy and paste what you have in your resume in there, right? It's those achievement statements. What did you achieve in that role? Now, you're not going to be limited in terms of the amount of bullet points that you can put in. 
because in a resume, you know, we're, you're confined to two pages. But on LinkedIn, you could have way more because we've all likely done a lot of different tasks, a lot of different skills, achieved so many things. This is your opportunity to put them into your LinkedIn profile. Literally copy and paste what you have in your resume. Is there anything above putting down the school you went to, the program you took, and when you attended in the education section? There are a few subsections within the education you can put in. Most people end up, like you mentioned, putting just what they studied, what institution, and how long. Say you've done activities. You were part of a club or you were part of some sort of society. I know we have Phi Theta Kappa here. Those are things that you can put into your education section to show extracurricular activities that you did while you were here. On top of that, you can actually associate skills that you developed to your education. And you can do that also for some of the other sections as well. Um, Lastly, media section. Say you had a project that you're super proud of, capstone project or something. You can actually attach the file there so that somebody can actually look at it. An employer could look at it or another fellow colleague could look at it to see, well, what did you what did you do? What did you achieve while you were at school? Mm -hmm. So that's another section that you can actually complete as well. I got to update mine. (laughs) (laughs) And why is completing the skills section important? Keywords are always very important. Similarly, in your resume, where you're going to be including keywords from the job posting into that resume for the applicant tracking system, you should be doing the same for your LinkedIn profile. Those recruiters are going to be looking for keywords, key competencies. What is easier than just simply listing them out in the skills section? You will want to incorporate them in other sections of your profile, but this is the easiest avenue to do it because you just type a word in and you click add and mm-hmm. then it's there. Mm-hmm. Right? You get up to 50 skills you can add in. Right? Nice. You can also reorder this section. It's one of the very few sections you can reorder. So just like a resume, list the most important skills to the least important skills based on the industry you're in or you're going into. So for example, me. I had a lot of advertising experience, market research, client relations sort of experience. I put that lower in my profile section because I want to emphasize my career advising experience. So it's just mentoring and coaching and career advising at the top because that is the industry that I'm in. So do the same. I always recommend minimum 25 skills, a mix of those technical skills. So skills you've learned through schooling or at work. And a mix of those soft essential skills, communication, collaboration and stuff, because employers are looking for both sets of skills. Mm -hmm. And then you also mentioned interests. How will this section help your profile? Yeah, so interests are good because you can follow companies, influencers, groups, as well as schools. And when you follow one of these types of things, so for example, if you follow SAIT, anytime that SAIT posts something, it ends up in your newsfeed. So you can keep track of what state's achieving, what jobs state is also posting. Similarly, other companies, if you're following the companies you're interested in, at least you can find out as soon as they post that job on LinkedIn when to apply. So that's super amazing. Mm -hmm. On top of that, groups and influencers, if you're following them to keep up to date with your industry, you get that in your newsfeed and you can see what the latest and greatest innovations are. And then I know you mentioned following state, like our alma mater is a good idea. I've heard about something called the alumni tool. Do you know much about that? So I actually do really love the alumni tool because anytime that somebody in their profile says that they've attended SAIT ends up in that alumni section in SAIT's profile. 
And they have a lot of metrics, which allows you to find people at specific companies, specific cities who are doing specific skills. So this allows you to, one, go look at other people's profiles, but also to network and reach out to them because you never know. Maybe one of your fellow state alumni is a hiring manager and they're currently hiring for a position that you're interested in. What better way than to reach out to your fellow alumni for help? And are there any other essential tips or tricks that you want to mention when it comes to LinkedIn? The one biggest tip I always provide to anybody is take a look at other people's profiles. LinkedIn is difficult and especially filling it out. But if there's some people out there who've taken the time to fill it out, take inspiration from it. If you like how they wrote their about section, don't copy it because that's not right. But take inspiration, see what they've included, see the different sections and apply it to your own. Similarly, skill sections, we're all guilty of not knowing what our skills are. But if somebody in your industry who has a job that also have had lists 50 skills, go through them and see, yeah, I have that. I might as well include it in my profile, which ends up allowing you to fill up your own profile as well. Looking at other people's profiles, that's the intended purpose of LinkedIn, so you might as well take advantage of it. Steve Warren is a lifelong learner and three-time state alumnus who works with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers as their Southern Alberta business representative. He shares why having a presence on LinkedIn can be key to helping you become recession-proof. It's really important to have a good presence on LinkedIn, especially now with all the talks of recessions and layoffs and budget cuts and economy kind of being on edge. I'm not a big social media guy, but at the end of the day, LinkedIn is all about connections. And if you have a good profile and you're making genuine connections, the process of finding a job will be a lot easier if you're laid off, especially compared to someone who doesn't have LinkedIn. And there's always the possibility that people could reach out to you with job offers. And uh, that's one way to make yourself recession proof. I take advantage of the featured section. I find that if you feature something, you'll get a lot more views and engagement. Also, because the featured section is at the top of your profile, it can make your profile really stand out. Another thing that I would do is reach out to someone who's successful in your field and somebody whose profile you really like. You can also try to make your profile similar to theirs. And finally, don't worry if you don't have 500 connections. That's just a goal and the connections will come with time if you work on it. Creating a LinkedIn profile can seem daunting, but a takeaway that's resonated with me from this conversation is that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Take a look around the platform and see how other people you admire are building their profiles and let it inspire how you want yours to look. And if you could use a second opinion, you're in luck. I've popped a link to my career hub in the show notes so you can book an appointment with a career advisor like Sean to review your profile and receive custom feedback. As always, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. My name is Alyssa Thanasopoulos, and this is the What Works podcast brought to you by SAID Alumni. We look forward to connecting with you soon. Connect with the SAID Alumni family. Visit SAID.ca slash alumni for information on exclusive perks, events, contests, and volunteer opportunities.